Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the opening kickoff podcast. We are back after our week off. I apologize. A little, little tough right now on my vocal cords between doing this show and then coaching five days a week and doing two games in a week, so I needed a week to, to give the voice a, a breather. It's still not 100%, so if at the end of the show it craps out on me, Brandon <laughs> will relay my sign language that I give him. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Steinwell, joined as always. We only have one co-host this week. Joe is in Philadelphia with his girlfriend, Uh-oh. who is starting her first day of grad school tomorrow. So Boyfriend of the year award. I'm telling Joe. you, that's two in a row now. Larry. Two in a row. <laughs> Boyfriend of the week awards. <laughs> I thank God we're not in relationships and that we don't get judged by Joe, because right now Joe would be putting us to shame. Oh, yeah, me and Joe have to fight, because I'm like, yo, you are raising the expectations like, Way above where I was at right now. You have someone that listens to the shows when I'm... I'm You asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. not that I know of. (laughs) Not that I know of. Unless I get some interesting fan mail. Like, I'm I'm good. (laughs) In other terms, he's open. He's single and ready to mingle, ladies, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh, Brandon Stevens is here. We'll be joined in a little bit by a guy that was one of the original hosts of this show. Who is desperately missing us is the oh, reason God. why. Oh, God. David Miles will be calling in <laughs> to talk some football in a little bit. Uh, it, it's a matter of business right now. You can subscribe to our show on, on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you listen to your shows, except for Spotify. Spotify costs a little much, a little okay. money for us to be up on Spotify, Spotify right now. Come on, man. It's right Joe now. Budden's fault. He's he's really raising the price over his Spotify. Yeah. But we're not there yet, but you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your show. So subscribe, rate, review us, like us, listen every week, because we're churning out good content. It's really the best in the game. Yes. Best in the game, hands down. And we're not just saying that because we're... Yeah, no, there's no bias in this no, statement. No, 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 no. No. Just like when we're going to get to talk about the Ravens a little <laughs> later on. There will be no bias. There will be some bias when we talk Buffalo Bills. Oh, God. <laughs> I am one win away, ladies and gentlemen. For We're just going to have an all-out Bills podcast if, if they win next week. If they win next week, expect just nothing but everything Buffalo. Everything. I'll go <laughs> over the entire oral history of the Buffalo Bills. It's fine. It's fine. Well, you cover the OJ part is the question. That's why we can. Okay, we can. I'm just, we can. I'm just OJ is at home yelling at Antonio Brown about acting a fool on the field. Look at where we are in 2019. OJ went from beating a murder charge to yelling at NFL players. That's so crazy. That's such like a 180. It's it's really ridiculous. <laughs> There you go. Three minutes into the show, we've already <laughs> looped in Antonio Brown and OJ Simpson into the same conversation. So, and that's crazy that you can do that now. Like, <laughs> that's so crazy that you can do that. <laughs> oh my! We have football on, so they're probably going to be parts of the show where we're going to get distracted because we got, we're watching every game. Thank you, God, for the NFL Red Zone. 
Yeah, shout out to Red Zone. It never used to be this good. I feel like it's gotten like exponentially better like over the years. Yeah, they don't cheat you when it comes to showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Games. Like you get like a healthy, you know, portion of the game when it when it comes. And it out. is, a, a, and like I think people think the Red Zone. Oh, it's just going to be every time a team's in the Red Zone. That, that's not what the Red Zone does. It shows you. It'll show you the interesting matchups. It'll show you key moments in a game. Right. But it, you get to see parts of the game. Where, as opposed to watching one full game and then at commercials flipping. That's what I do. Yeah. But I'm old school. I like to watch singular games mm-hmm. because I like to feel the avid flow of a game while okay. I'm watching it. But that doesn't mean, like, it, when one game goes to commercial, I'm not. <laughs> okay, let's see. Chargers, Texans just went to commercial. Saints, Seahawks. Boom. Right. Like, but I, I, I like watching solely the game and not getting that interrupted. But the red zone is a very neat feature. Yeah, I had four different games on the day. <laughs> I put on a, one on my phone, one on my computer, and a red zone on my television. So I'm watching, like, every game possible at once. But you were getting prepared for the show. Yeah, that's what, that's yeah, what we're I'm telling gathering you. my intel. That's that's really what's going that's on. That's what we're telling you. I don't want to come here come and be uneducated. Yeah. For this show. yeah, we are two very well-versed people in the uh, well, three when Joe was here. Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk college football first because, by the way, Georgia won last night. I'm very Shout happy. Out to Georgia. Very happy. Um, I, I give a lot of credit to Notre Dame being willing to go down to Georgia between the hedges. And I thought they played relatively well. Like I, to me, they're on Georgia's level. I didn't think that Georgia was that much better than Notre Dame. I thought Notre – honestly – if you're a Notre Dame fan, I know it sucks that you lost, but I, I got to look at it like Texas. Texas played really well against LSU and just came out on the losing end. Right. So if I'm Notre Dame, I'm sitting there going, hey. There's a silver lining. There's a, We can hang with the big boys. Now, I don't know if – I. What the best question is, where is Georgia in Alabama and Clemson's category? And that's remained to be seen. Yeah. But in that next echelon, I absolutely put Notre Dame there. And I wasn't sure I was going to put them there when we did our college football preview show back in August. I wasn't sold on them. Maybe it's still not really sold on them, but they looked much better than I expected them to look uh, last night in a tough environment. But there's one that caught your eye that we went on, so I'll just I'll hand it over to you and let you tee off on it. Well, all right. I just want to know. What is Michigan's problem? <laughs> All right. What is Michigan's problem? I mean, I feel like we go through this every single year with Michigan. Rather it be they lose to some team that they should just clearly beat or they don't beat Ohio State. There's always like one glaring loss in Michigan season that you kind of just take a second and you look at the team and you go like, what? what's the issue here? You know, you try to like flesh out the issues. How do you go and play Wisconsin? Listen, I understand that they're the better team uh, rank-wise, but how do you go to Wisconsin and you're down three scores at the half? You haven't even scored a point by halftime. You couldn't have given me three. I'm not even a a, a Michigan fan, but we couldn't have got three points, Dave. Three points? Like, you get swamped by Wisconsin in the first half of the game. 
Let's now let's <laughs> let's start by doing this. Let's give some credit where credit is due to Ooh. Horrible snap in the San Francisco Pittsburgh game. Hit the receiver in the face on the jet motion. Whack. This has been all game for them. <laughs> and they should be beating the Steelers. And yes. we'll get to that in a little bit. But the first things first, let's give credit to Wisconsin. I mean, that was dominant by what we saw from Jonathan Taylor. And there were rumblings that he wasn't 100% going into that game. So credit where credit is due okay. to Wisconsin for, I think, having the best game plan. But what's concerning to me, and we've talked about this before, I look at a coach, good or bad, if they are struggling, I always go back to, okay, what is their what was the, their job before they got hired? Like John Harbaugh with the Ravens. Okay, if the special teams are bad, then it's not a good reflection on him. Right. Uh, Dan Quinn, we'll talk about him. The Falcons, he's a D coordinator. If the Falcon defense is playing bad, that's not a good reflection on him. I look at Jim Harbaugh. What was Jim Harbaugh before he became head coach? He was an offensive coordinator. He's an offensive-minded coach. What is really struggling? The offense. And, and it, it, I mean, it isn't like they're even competitive in some of these games. Right. I mean, yesterday they had nothing. Nothing was going Michigan's way. And so I look at it, and it's like, that's to me what always it, it can be the downfall of head coaches is, okay, what's your specialty? What were you doing? What was your coordinator position? If that's the position that you, you came up and you hung your hat on, and it's not working, man, you're in trouble. It doesn't look good for you. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's just it, like in the big games, they just looked inept on offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shea Patterson looked lost. I don't even know who they brought in as the backup. He looked just the same. I mean, now maybe it's the talent that Michigan is bringing in that they just they don't play well against the top teams or they're just not as high caliber as these other teams. I don't know what it is, but, man, to go to Wisconsin in week four and get handled the way they got handled – I gotta imagine, and I don't know what the atmosphere right now in um, Ann Arbor is, but I gotta imagine it's not pretty for oh, Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Jim Harbaugh is a sneeze away from being out of a job. Like, and I mean, I don't know how. I, honestly, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know how they're gonna beat the top team. I mean, they still gotta play Notre Dame. They still gotta play Ohio State. They're going to have to play Iowa, and Iowa's proven that, hey, they're, they're no pushover this year. Right. Michigan State is going to be a tough team. Hell, Maryland's better than they were last year. I look at that, and I'm like, I'm not sure Michigan can win those games. I'm not sure they'll be ranked by the end of the season. And, and have, if the, I truly think if they don't get ranked, if they're not ranked, and they lose, let's say they go, okay, 8-5. and five. I don't think he comes back. I, oh, I don't know how the Michigan fans are going to absolutely be okay if he if he stays. At this point, it's such a mess there in, in, in Ann Arbor. I don't know how he gets out of it. Yeah, it's not looking good. Um, say a prayer for uh, Harbaugh. <laughs> pray for Harbaugh. You know, pray for him because this is going to be a very hard week for him. It is. Who, is, who by the way, who does Michigan play uh, next week? Uh, let's see. Michigan plays Rutgers next week. Okay, so. how about after Rutgers? Just because <laughs> that's a 
All right, let's see. Next ranked team they play is Iowa the week after that on uh, October 5th. And then two weeks later, they play Penn State. That's that's a tough. That's that's a tough two. That's a tough And that's two. a tough turnaround. Oh, wow. Then the week after that is Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good for it. That could be the stretch that does him in. Yeah. It's going Penn State, Notre Dame, and. End uh, of the season is Ohio State. And Iowa. I don't, he may not be coaching by the time he gets to Ohio State at this rate. Unless they mora- they have to go at least 2-1 and one in those games. Those, oh, absolutely. I mean, take Rutgers out. I mean, no offense to Rutgers, but I don't I, I don't see Rutgers winning yeah. against Michigan. Yeah. So take that one out. It's the – it's that stretch. They almost have to go 3-0, I think, for Jim Harbaugh to reasonably take a deep – Deep breath and say, "Okay, I may make make it through this." Yes, Iowa, Illinois, Penn State, Michigan next, or Penn State, uh, Notre Dame next four. Still, he's got to go. He's got one. Three and one. No, I think he's got one them all. I think at this point he's got. You think if you lose the Notre Dame last game, but you win the other three against Penn State, Illinois, is the game in South Bend or is it at Uh, Ann Arbor? I'm pretty sure it's at South Bend. Let me see. Yeah. That's yeah, it's South Bend. Yeah. That's Penn State. Oh, <laughs> this is Notre Dame. I'm looking for yes. I'm gonna say I'm tripping. Yeah, no, it's in Michigan. It's in Michigan. It's in Michigan. Ooh. It's in Michigan. Yeah, it's in Michigan. That's um. Yeah, you can't lose. <laughs> I, I mean, mean that, like, you that's, lose that that's one. That's how home. tough of a stretch this is. It this is for for Michigan. But and see, you know it doesn't what? have to be this way. You it, know what? It let's, doesn't have to be this way. Uh, let's bring him in. David Miles is joining us now from South Carolina. David, we're, we're in the middle right now of a conversation about Jim Harbaugh and the stretch that is coming up here for Michigan. Brandon, before David comments, rattle off the next four games. We, I believe that he's got to go four and out against this, this, this stretch. Tell me what you think. Uh, after the record, man. After the Rutgers game. Uh, we got Iowa, Illinois, Penn State, and Notre Dame. So, me, I think that they can at least go maybe three wins. It's going to be a tough three wins. Uh, I know that they are very questionable, and they pretty much are have lost everybody's faith. Um, I don't, is the Penn State game in Penn State? Yes, it's in yeah. uh, Happy Valley. Yeah, they're, okay, they're not winning that one. Uh, I, I have it right here. So, um, yeah, that Penn State game is a loss for them. Just shut, shut that one up. Um, I mean, they, they could beat Rutgers. Uh, the Illinois game, if they lose that, then by all means, they are they are SOL. Um, and Notre Dame is a loss. Um, especially after we struggle with uh, – if we struggle like they did on Saturday with Wisconsin, you're not going to stand a chance against a team that literally just took Georgia to the end of the game. So, like, yeah, it's over for them. We just watched Deshaun Watson complete a, like, 70-yard touchdown pass. By the way. We're going to have to talk about the Chargers this summer. Well, well, let's welcome him in, former co-host of the Opening Kickoff Podcast, our good friend calling in from South Carolina, David Miles. (laughs) How you doing, buddy? Yo, yo, I am doing okay, man. I am struggling in this heat. This heat is a whole different type of heat, but, you know, I'm alive. But yeah, <laughs> that's southern uh, heat. I'm doing all right, man. How y'all doing right. up there? It's hot up here, man. It's a little warm up Bro, here. Bro, it's so humid up here, man. Like I'm, 
I can't take this. I can't. Uh, also, I've been listening to the show for the last couple of weeks. Um, I had, I had a couple of goals with a couple of people, but uh, I uh, didn't write them, didn't write them down, so I'm just gonna let them slide for now. <laughs> oh, okay. you were gonna air some grievances. Oh, I was gonna say, am I on thin ice? <laughs> um, I, I I'm gonna have to go back and put in the group chat, and I will call in next week uh, with an update. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I figure at least one of the bones has to be with me. It's just coming. That's just the um, way. I mean, what, what do you what do you think it is? Probably something I said about the Ravens or Lamar Jackson. That seems to be what everybody. David, mean, for being honest, you still have not given him the proper credit that you would have given Joe Flacco. No, I beg to differ. I've been giving him credit for the first two weeks. I never said you didn't give him credit. I just said the proper credit. Credit today, they did it up against the best team in the league, which also, there's also some side genius I like to go on and get off my chest. But they went up against the um, they went up against the top team in the league, and I, I, I from what I saw, I mean, it's not broadcast down here. Um, from what I saw, it looked like he held his own up there. He, I mean, he was he overthrew some guys. He, he wasn't as crisp today. But I, I said when we did the show last two weeks ago, I said his mechanics are much better. Yes, absolutely. And that's the most important thing. If you're throwing mechanics get better, we can deal with the accuracy issue, and they okay. are much better. Now, today was his worst day accuracy-wise, but, I mean, it's be- it's better than it was last year. And that's what all I've been saying all summer and, and all last year. There has to be a threat of a passing game, and at least there is this year. My only gripe with Lamar Jackson right now is you've got to get in rhythm with wide receivers. Throwing in the three tight ends is nice, but it, it's, it's falling back into what Joe Flacco did, where Joe Flacco just threw to the tight ends. I know they're good. I know they're great. You got to get your receivers on the outside involved, and that's my only gripe with Lamar Jackson. But that was my gripe with Joe Flacco for the last three years. Mm-hmm. You have so let me so let me ask you something, Dave. Here, go ahead. Um, and I I do agree with you that you know you have to get on the same page as your receivers. When did you become such a quarterback guru? When they're talking about mechanics, Listen, you know you're talking about his release is too high or it's too low or it's to the side. When did when did this start, Dave? Let's just say we had a quarterback competition in camp, so you have to study those things when the conversation comes up, which quarterback do you like more? Okay, Coach Coach Steinwell. But, but I, mean, I mean, it's not hard to see with Lamar Jackson, the throwing mechanics are different. The ball, oh, yeah. come, the ball comes but, out of his hand better. The footwork is much better. He's not holding the ball down near as much. I mean, today, again, I think he tried to do too much. I know the Bleacher Report was sharing all these where he's thrown off the back foot, and I mean the one should have been intercepted. Willie Snead made a hell. Yeah, today was really a day where I don't know if you ever had like a day like this where you look down and uh, you you like witness something, and then you look at the media and you could watch how they sort of like just like pick like nitpick things. I'm like they're showing Lamar Jackson getting a 40 yard scramble on third and twelve, <laughs> you know, like third and twelve. Down fourteen. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> who cares, man? <laughs> who cares? It's just. Right, so what? What, what, have I, what have I missed so far in the show? Just our conversation about Michigan, and oh uh, yeah, in terms of what's yes. going to happen here going forward. Because I, I, I don't know. Uh, Brandon and I were just talking about. I don't know how at this point he does. Jim Harbaugh is going to save his job. I really don't, because they look so bad. 
They look so inept, and the problem is he was an off, he's an offensive guy, and the issue in those games is the offense. They never play well on the big stage. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at his tenure there at Michigan, he actually did turn the program around because at one point, no one really feared Michigan like they did back in, in the days of Desmond Howard and, and so, so on and so forth. So when you look at, you know, his accomplishments, he did the program great, but it just sucks that, you know, you, he never beat Penn, he never beat Ohio State, or, you know, he has those times where you lose to a team that you had no business losing to. Like, like I, I, I can't remember if I said that Michigan was going to be uh, in the conference championship, but the fact that you have the position, you have the – I guess you say the prestige to do that every year, and then you somehow still manage to piss it away. It hurts, and at some point, it sucks that you're you're a winning coach. But yeah, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> and I I, I I wish him nothing but luck at wherever he goes next. Because wherever he goes, if whatever he leaves, he's gonna he's gonna get quick hired. Because you're gonna be able to. He's now that recruiting. That recruiting chip that everybody wants to, you know, you hear, you know, a lot. I, I can't imagine a lot of kids saying, "Oh, I'm going to commit to uh, Michigan because uh, I'm going to play for Harbaugh. He's a Super Bowl uh, coach, you know, like that, that. That's a recruiting chip. So wherever he's going to go, I, I know he's going to have success. I wish nothing but luck there. But his time, in Michigan, let's hate to say it, is uh, as good as my chance in the NFL. <laughs> Watching Daniel Jones right now, he's trying to engineer a comeback. Yeah, second and five at the seven. What are your guys' thoughts on the, on Dan uh, on Dan Jones, Daniel Jones? Uh, now, now that he's a starter, seems how when he was drafted, everybody booed. I, I think he's gonna be like okay. I think I, you know what I think. I think like Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, he's not gonna do. He's not gonna be in the Aaron Rodgers category, but he's not gonna be awful to where you're gonna look at him and go, We gotta get him out of there. But he like with Mitchell Trubisky, he's a guy that kinda like leaves you going on he could be better. Yeah. And I think that's Daniel Jones. Yeah. Like watching this college tape, it's like nice quarterback, decent quarterback, but leaves me wanting him to take that next step. What's your call? Huh? Who all is there, by the way? Just me and Brandon. Joe is in Philly with his uh, girlfriend. Oh, so it's just you two. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I was gonna, ask, I was gonna ask Joe, but uh, but Brandon, what was your take on it? Uh, what was my take on Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I, don't know he, if I missed that. Back. Yeah, yeah, he he's gonna be okay. Uh, I feel much like David does. You know, he could be like that. You know, Mitchell Trubisky type guy was like, you know. He could have been, you know, he could be. Uh, I think if he scores this touchdown right here. Uh, Giant fans I'll, are going to go. Yeah, nuts. maybe I'll have a different opinion. Let's see. Ball's about to get right. snapped. Here we go. Danny no, Dimes. Oh, 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 he scores! Danny Dimes with a rushing touchdown. Okay, all right, I'd like to update my statement. Uh, he's going to go from okay <laughs> to better than Tom Brady. Here we go. <laughs> Giants. I would love, I would, I would love to watch the game, but two. down here they have the, they have the Emmys pre-show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that goes my love. But I just want to go. I just want to put y'all on notice that when he got drafted, what did I say, Dave? You're gonna have to refresh my memory. <laughs> I said that give him some time. He's gonna be a good guy. He's gonna be a good player. He has the he has a lot of potential, and he. I watched him play a little bit at Duke, and he's a solid kid. And what 
the Giants fans are going to have to, well, now they're going to have to see because good old Eli is uh, uh, pretty much on his way. Well, actually, he's been in the, in the dump. So he's on the bench, you know. You're going to see all the things that everybody that's been watching Duke has seen. Duke has had a whole turnaround behind him. Behind him and a solid offense, a solid moving offense at that. He's, he's, he's got a lot of potential. And I'm, like I said, he's he, he's got the potential to, in my opinion, his ceiling is Aaron Rodgers. In my really? opinion. Whoa. That's a bold. That is bold. Well, you, you know, hold on. Brandon, Brandon has no one to talk to. He <laughs> just said he's going to be better than Tom Brady. So let's pump the brakes there on the overreaction. I was being, I was joking. I, good, good <laughs> I, I was joking. I, I don't I don't know what he's gonna turn out to be, but I just know that his ceiling is as high as Aaron Rodgers. His, I mean, I wish that he, you know, they would give him a little bit more time to, uh, I guess you say, adjust to the league and you not throw him into the fire because Eli has had the had the uh, dumpster fire of a career that he's been having up since he last lost Super Bowl, which we'll get into that next. But um, it's one of those things where it's like I said before, he he can be a solid player. And we're going to see that coming up here. I, you know, he's going to have a lot of time to do whatever it is that, he, you know, he plans on doing. Because if there's one thing I know about the Giants is they take forever to flush people out of positions that don't, you know, need to be there. You know, a la Eli, but, you know. <laughs> so let, let's talk about that. Let's get into that whole thing because, boy, did that dominate the airwaves in the sports talk world, basically all week was the benching of Eli Manning for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones remains to be seen. There's still time left in that game to see whether he's going to win his first start or not. But, uh, David, I know you had a particularly strong feeling about this. I'll let you go first. Give me your feeling. So for those of you who don't know what what's going on, what we're alluding to, I believe it was Wednesday um, on the getup. I believe it was uh, was Paul Feinbaum. That's what his name. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum had the bright idea to. That's not really a bright idea, but he went to you know pay homage or recognize the fact that uh, Eli Manning has gotten benched. You know he's had a good career, and then. All this good and all this good and uh, beautiful crap. But then the next topic was uh, Cam Newton and Cam Newton's decline of play. You know him being out for this week. And then Paul Feinbaum turned around and set, criticized Cam Newton for pretty much not being a great care, not being a great person, or having a horrible career. And his career is over. And it's amazing that some people will paint the narrative that a guy like Cam Newton, a guy who carried a team that has yet to support him and support his health, for being honest, he carried a team to a Super Bowl and has kept them in club contention for the last, uh, I believe it's been about eight, nine years, or in other words, since Eli Manning's last Super Bowl. I did my research on this, ladies and gentlemen, because I was furious after this. And I don't know if it, I don't know if, if you follow me on Twitter that are listening, but yeah, you can go to my you can go to my tweet and see how I felt. And that's just one tweet. There's other tweets that I almost put out, but I did because that's unnecessary. So it's one of those things where it's like it's sad of how you paint the picture of them being of a person like Eli Manning who's been consistently horrible for years, and you paint him as a, as this you know great as a good guy as 
you know, commendable guy. But then you have Cam Newton, a guy who's fought for his team, dives every play to get the extra yard. And he's, you know, his, he's a wash. His, he's a bad person. He only cares about himself. Uh, so that's all I got out. That's all I need to get out. I've, I've, you know, let go of a lot of the anger since then. Uh, what are your guys' takes on it? Oh, my goodness. Winston just hit Mike Evans inside the 10-yard line to put the, put the Buccaneers in field goal range. Holy crap. Holy crap. But, um, is, this game, is this game on Fox? Yes. Yeah, Fox right now for me down in South Carolina is the Emmys pregame show. The Emmys pregame. Emmys pre-show or red carpet. The Emmys red carpet. I kid you not. It, like, there's a picture of the guy that does, not the picture, there's an interview for the guy that does the car karaoke. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is what is on Fox right now in Carolina. Boy, get in the illegal streaming game. That's where we are. <laughs> I always uh, want to plug. I always want to plug. I'm like, uh, keep going. <laughs> but um, I mean, my, here's my thing. I don't like the timing of how this was handled by the Giants. That's the only thing that bothers me. Look, are there questions about Eli? Absolutely. Has he underperformed? Yes. I'm. Not, I don't like the. We're bashing Eli, we're saying he's not a Hall of Famer, because it's not based on on what you've done in the last five years. It's based on your career, and Eli Manning has had a good career. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say he hasn't had that. So I, I'm not... That's the only thing that bothers me, is that, oh... And it's the, it's the world we live in in sports nowadays, and the, what have you done for me lately? And that's, that's what bothers me is that, okay, yes, Eli has been awful. Yes, I think it was past Eli's time. But my goodness gracious, I'm not ready to sit here and say he's not a Hall of Famer. The guy won two Super Bowls. I mean, who's saying he's not a Hall of Famer? You'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, that has been around all, day, all, all week as the is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer conversation. And I'm sorry. He is because in the totality of his career, he's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. And now I mean, what? What? Hey, hey. Go ahead. Go ahead. What he's done lately uh, has been, yes, abysmal. But he hasn't had great teams around right. him. I Wait. mean, and let's not let. That's the thing that annoys me is that we're bashing Eli, but it, the Giants are off. Oh, the Giants. I mean, wait, Dave, wait, Dave. Dave, you're throwing a team card out there. They haven't been able to really... Okay, all right, all right. This man has has led the league in interceptions multiple times. Now, hold on, hold on. on. I'm not disagreeing with you. Eli has been awful, but the Giants as a team have been awful for years. So it isn't like he's sitting there outside of Odell Beckham, hasn't had a run game since Saquon Barkley came. Uh, I mean, before before Saquon (laughs) Barkley came. And, yeah, may not have one afterwards. So it... That's my thing with the Giants is they've been a poorly run organization for years. Eli's play just magnified it because the team was so bad. Yeah, I mean, my, I I can't argue the fact that Eli Manning isn't all fan because he is. I mean, no one beats Brady in a Super Bowl two times and is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I feel like I feel like for a low, I feel like if you win the Super Bowl one time, you're you'll get in the Hall of Fame at some point. And maybe not your lifetime, but at some point in life, you'll get you'll get in the Hall of Fame. So, with that being said, he gets in there. But for us to sit here and say that, and like, and I have no problem with them starting Dan Jones because it's about time they had a quarterback that they trusted and that they drafted well enough to you know 
put in that and she was not throw them in there like Gino, was it Geno Smith two years ago or last year where they put them in for a game and they took them right out and said you know what we're going to go back to Eli like, it's one of those things where it's like I I respect Eli but and if for someone to, to respect Eli for what he's done in his career and especially the last couple of years but then do what Paul Feinbaum did and turn around and then bash Cam Newton for what he's done in his career, it's it, it, it just it blows me. Uh, okay, so uh, David, while you were while you were talking, uh, the Buccaneers missed the game-winning field goal from uh, thirty-four yards. From thirty-four yards out, Dan Jones now has a win as a starter. Um, you just witnessed the beginning of Tom Brady two point First and foremost, <laughs> realize who they're playing before you say Tom Brady 2.0. <laughs> okay. Now, now, now let's, I want to transition on that comment to the Baltimore Ravens. Because I, I I hate to be I hate to say this, but Raven fans, we you needed to be humble. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm sorry. Lamar you, Jackson went from he he was Tom Jackson, Lamar Brady. <laughs> Lamar Rogers, I'm like, oh my god, bro, oh my god, like when this when it goes down, I said this, I was like, when it goes down, the fans are going to eat him alive, and that's going to be this week. That's going to be this week. Now, I told you, I said it at the beginning when we discussed Lamar Jackson. I I don't put today's loss on Lamar Jackson. I put it. The defense played hard. No offense or buts, it played hard. I mean, it's Kansas City, the best team in the league. Like, you can only put those, like, you can only stop them from oh so much. Like, no, I get Mahomes, that. There was no passes for fun. Where I take issue was with the coaching. Horrible decision-making by John Harbaugh. You have, first off, you go down, you score a touchdown. That's one of the loudest stadiums in pro football. In yeah, Kansas. it's the loudest. It is the loudest, Sorry. You go to can't you go down you score a touchdown you take the lead, you kick an extra point. It's dead silent in that stadium. I mean, there was no nobody talking. Then the flag comes in and Harbaugh gets this bright, brilliant idea to try to go for two. Well, guess what happens? You don't get it. That crowd comes to life. Then you go. Right, but, the, but then, Dave, to that point, if he goes for two and gets it, you're looking at him as his genius or as a bold risk taker, and you're praising it. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And, and look, I get that, because I was in that scenario last week, but it, I mean, in a, game, for you, coach. in a game like that, I, don't, I my inclination is get the points. You get an opportunity, take the points, and, and move on. And, and especially in a day like today, where the Raven defense was not playing well, was struggling to stop Kansas City. You need every point you can get. Absolutely. And my biggest issue was the fourth down call inside their own inside their own 45. Because that's exactly what Kansas City needed. Was that that stop and all of a sudden, boom, there went that offense and there went your chance of winning the football game. So that was my issue was some of the decision-making by John Harbaugh and, at the same time, by Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson was having an off day, but your run game was not having an off day. Why did it take you to the third quarter to say, hey, let's just pound the rock. Let's just run the ball. 
because they can't stop the run. If you'd have done that in the first half, I guarantee you this it's a different game. In fact, the Ravens might have won the game because that's how dominant they were running the football. So that was my issue. But at the same time, Raven fans needed this loss. More so than they're going to want to admit that they needed this. But they needed it to kind of reset and go, okay, we're not, we're not as good as we thought. Yes, Lamar is better. Yes, Lamar has a, is now a threat throwing. He's human. But he's not, he's not going to be <laughs> Roger Stallback. He's not going to be um, Joe Montana. Yeah, like. He's going to have days like this. I mean, he had a day in the playoff game a lot like this where he missed receivers. He was inaccurate. He could make some plays, but then he left some plays out there. So that happened. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, David, but I'd like to know what your thoughts are. And if you just want to criticize me, by all means, shots can be fired. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you at all. I mean, I, we both understand that, you know, you are a very devout fan with very harsh critiques of not only uh, certain players on the team, but just the team in general. Me personally, I, I don't want to uh, – I, I can't bash the Ravens for lose for losing in a way that, in the way that they did to a team what a team like Kansas City they're they're they are the best team in the league if you ask if you ask me like I'll sure say Chiefs um, and shout out to our guy Dan over there doing a great job with the offense but yet that if anything if if anything and what most coaches will try and flip is it's not oh well we need this loss but yet look how we did against a team like Kansas City. And look what we can do going forward from here. Uh, just going to take a look at your quick your schedule coming up. I mean, you have the Browns, you have the Steelers, you have the Bengals, you have the Seahawks. Like those are games that you can go into after this game with a lot of you know. Okay, yeah, we just went toe to toe with the best team in that league. We can sweep these dudes, um, especially if two of them is if two of them on the road in Tufts in Pittsburgh and in Seattle. Those are games that you're going to want that momentum. And after beating the Browns at home, I think that that's something you can definitely take on. So, yeah, it sucks that you lost. And you, in your words, yeah, you may need to get off your high horse. But, yet yeah, there's no need to fall on the ground and just give up. Like, oh, no, no. And, and I'm not saying that. But there's a humbling factor that needed to happen. Oh, yeah. That, but, that, but, then, like, but that goes back to my point of just because you got – like, not every loss is a humbling experience. I mean, me, especially me with my career, just because, say, I lost a team like Mount Union, I'd be like, yeah, I lost. It's the best team in the country. But yet, I still lost, like, what, three, four points. So, I'm good. Like, it, it, it depends on how high, how high on your high horse you really are. I mean, it, for the fans, yes. But for the team, I think that that was actually a great learning experience as to what to do from here on out. I mean, look, like, like you said, look at, the, look at the rest of your Look at the rest of your schedule. There's no team that will amount to Kansas City, and you took them down to the down to what looks like the wire. Oh no, no, I, I agree with with everything you're saying. Uh, they were just Raven fans that were a little obnoxious this week in terms of where they thought the team was, and part of it is you beat up on bad teams, and that's where I think you got to understand the Dolphins are not very good. The Cardinals. I, mean, I, I, I will go. I will go on record in saying. That if you are happy about beating a team like the Dolphins, then you need to reevaluate your life. Granted, right. you beat them so bad that they made they made players want to get traded. That's different. But yeah, it's still it's the Dolphins, people. 
and there's no disrespect to that program. I'm pretty sure I, I'd hope that they're making changes needed to improve, but yet it's the, the team has lost multiple weeks by well, at least five scores each time. It's, I mean, did they even play today? Oh, yeah, they played it and lost. They lost to Dallas, thirty-one to six. Wow, that's dirt. Dallas must not have cared. It's one of those things where it's kind of like it's. It's come on, people. Let's keep it pushing. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about your team, the Eagles, losing oh lo- losing to the Lions at home, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Level that, of concern in Philadelphia. That is, see, Dave. That is the get off your high horse moment. Not not losing to the Chiefs. I think the Eagles Eagles fans across the country have have, have this thought that we're invincible, and as you see, we're not. But we're also very hurt. And if uh, I, I I don't know if you guys if you guys did a notification about this throughout the week, but we actually had a practice downgrade to a walkthrough because there was I believe fifteen players that were that were hurt or limited. Um, and I'm not making excuses. I mean, a, a good num- a good amount of players played today. I, mean, uh, I believe Nelson Aguilar dropped passes, which is right around you know, what he was when we picked him up. So it's nothing new, but it's still one of those things where it's like you guys are making small mistakes, and on top of that, you're trying to go 100 miles an hour with a with a with a Fiat. Like you need to relax. Like, <laughs> you, you, Eagles fans, I need you to stop hyping yourselves up. We will get back to the playoffs as long as we get healthy and we get you know our timing down. Well, look, look at our biggest, our best defense. He's been out for two weeks. Um, our offensive line is always questionably hurt somehow, some way. Um, our defense is is it's it's it's, it's something. Uh, and and wa- especially watching last week, it was one of those things where we need to wake up in the first half. Um, so that 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 just watching from what the from what I've seen down here, but from the, by the Eagles, as well as just like it hurts, man. It just hurts. But it's a humbling experience that some fan bases need. And I like. Like you said, you guys got humbled by get by getting beat by the Chiefs. I think that the Eagles fans got humbled more by getting beat by the Lions. <laughs> Yo, and the Lions don't look bad. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Let's get to uh, this segment. We're going to talk week three is about over. The last game going on right now before the Rams and the Browns this evening is the Texans and the Chargers. Let's talk about surprises and disappointments as we're – rounding out, getting ready to round out week three. Let's start with the positive, because we've been kind of negative for yeah, the last yeah, couple no. minutes. <laughs> Brandon, your first big surprise of the season has been? The, of course, the Buffalo Bills, baby, going 3-0 and for the first time since 2011. I am ecstatic. I'm very surprised. I really don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm dreaming. You know, I keep pinching myself, but, you know, I'm not who, waking up. Okay, <laughs> not, not to be negative, but who have the Bills beat? Oh, no one. I, exactly. I don't care. 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 I, I, I'm not the – I'm not – listen, my team has been garbage for so long that I'll take 3-0. and I'll take three wins against the school of the blind every week if I have to. That's fine. I just like to see my team win. That's it. That's all it is. No, they have been surprising. Uh, Josh Allen, he didn't look great in week one. He's looked better the last two weeks. Defensively, their secondary, the Bills' secondary is good. I'm more worried about their front seven, especially next week, 
Because I, I don't think that there are the horses in that front seven as there is opposed to in the secondary. Well, you got some guys back there that can play. Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poirier. You got guys in the back end. It's that front seven where it's like, uh, if you face a good running team, you're going to be in trouble. Well, yeah, we kind of saw Well, I mean, Joe Mixon Joe had a Mixon, good day. Joe Mixon had a good day, but not until the third quarter. So the first half, Joe Mixon was non-existent. Andy Dalton, seven, okay, it was seven, seven minutes and six seconds left in the second quarter. Andy Dalton was one for six with seven yards in the second quarter. Like, Joe Mixon didn't score to the third end of the third. <laughs> like, I, we're okay. We're okay. I don't think the Patriots' run defense is like this monster that everybody is portraying it to be. I don't really think the Patriots' offensive line is that crazy either, and our front seven is good enough to force that pressure on Brady. Now, do I think we're going to go and rack up nine sacks like Jacksonville? No. <laughs> but I think it's going to be enough to where he's not going to have his way with us like he has our other two, you know, divisional opponents. David, your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm going to take the high road here and say San Francisco. Um, I mean, I, I, it seems like a kind of a, a layup uh, if you ask anybody who's been paying attention. But I just thought that, you know, Garoppolo coming back may have had they wouldn't get out. They wouldn't get out like they did. You know, they wouldn't get out of the gate like they did. I was like, well, it took some time to get used to. You know, get back into the swing of things. And you're sitting at three and zero, and you just beat the Steelers. I mean, yeah, it's Steelers aren't the greatest right now, but yeah, that's still something. You know, it's kind of big for a team that's like that. Um, I, I was gonna say the um, the Colts. I watched them today because they were the ABC team. Twenty percent doesn't look bad. Uh, for someone who kind of got thrown into the uh, into the starting spot uh, after the sudden uh, retirement of uh, Andrew Luck, but yet he looks pretty good out there. Yeah, Brissett was one of the better backups in the league, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, but but think about it. Imagine just you're sitting there chilling and you're uh, you're just playing your last uh, preseason game, just getting ready to you know coast through the season behind a, a quarterback who you're thinking that okay, he should let you know. They were talking about before, but still, like, to my point of like, you went from okay, I'm second string to I'm I'm the guy. I'm this. I'm the franchise guy now. I'm the guy that's replacing the franchise guy now. Like it's kind of, like I am. I, I'm surprised by it. I thought that, I thought the Texans would be out of the gate a lot faster than them too. But I mean, they're they're they're, they're going strong right now. My surprise is the Detroit Lions. I think that, that everybody's looked at the NFC North, and we've talked about the Bears, we've talked about the Vikings, we're talking about the Packers because the Packers are 3 But pleasantly, the Lions are sitting there, and they're 3-0 if it wasn't for the disastrous Week 1 game against the Cardinals, where I don't think that was as much a reflection on the Lions as it was Arizona started to kind of figure out, okay, this is what we have to do if we're going to, run this style of offense in the fourth quarter, but they've been a pleasant surprise. I think Matt Stafford looks sharp. He looks healthy. The offensive line has protected him better than I think a lot of people expected. The carry-on Johnson in the run game has been huge. And their defense is it's adequate. It's not great. It's not awful, but it's an adequate defense. Now, I'll be interested to see what happens here when they take on the Packers. Because I think the Packers right now are the class of the NFC North. 
until proven otherwise. So right now, that's the pleasant surprise to me is how well the Lions have played. They play Kansas City. Oh my goodness. The Texans just got a stop and got an unsportsmanlike kind of... Oh wait, never mind. It was after the play was over. So that one's over. The Texans won. Yo, let's talk about... Um, I'll get that. What's your next surprise? My next surprise... Can I be... Oh, I'm going negative. Go ahead. <laughs> negative. Go to, we'll go negative now. Yeah. The Los Angeles... Nope. The San Diego Chargers. <laughs> the San Diego Chargers. They don't get to be in Los Angeles anymore. Uh, how do they go from 12-4, and four, possible Super Bowl contender, to now 1-2 and two with losses to the Lions and the Texans? What what's the problem in in uh, in San Diego? Uh, what's what's the issue there? Uh, I, I mean, think, when you look at go ahead, Dave. I think the loss of Darwin James. They're just not great on the back end. I mean, the Texans' offense is not electric, but they gave up some huge plays. I, I just think when you look at the ta- the Chargers losing Darwin James hurts, and eventually you can figure out how to neutralize two good pass rushers. Yeah, and I think you're seeing that, and that defense is just not as good as it was last year. David? Actually, yeah, that was my point. Like, that defense doesn't have that same spark that it used to to get to get the game going, to get the crowd into it, even though they play in a soccer stadium. It's one of those <laughs> things where it's like, like you never realize how much one guy, uh, one guy, how much one guy contributes until he's not there. So I think that that kind of just snowballed everything. And, you know, Phillip Rivers, he's a great guy. He's a great quarterback. But he's just not. He's he, he's a He's a, I think that you or Dan said he's a game manager. I don't remember who, which one you said it, but whichever one you said it, it's kind of coming to fruition now where, you know, you need to win games, and they're not really winning as much as staying in games, so. Yeah, there's just some, I I, I don't want to point to the Melvin Gordon not being there, but offensively, it's basically Philip Rivers having to win the football game sort of thing, and I think that's, the big issue right now for them is they just seem out of swords on offense as well as just not being near as talented on defense. Yeah, yeah but, you know, it's a part of life you now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's time to revamp that uh, that that whole franchise that you're asking me. And like like uh, Brandon said, it's time to move back home because you have no business in uh, L.A. All right, so what's your big business? What are you saying? What's your big disappointment? Ah, let's see. Where to start? Um, this I'm disappointed in the Bears a little bit. Uh, I I've been saying for a long time that I love that they I love their defense. Khalil Mack is a dog. Their defensive secondary can be dogs. Um, and to see them sitting at one and one is really kind of uh, is it, it hurts my pride a little bit. Because uh, I can't say I love the defense, and yet you know you're not doing better than you are. But you know there's always room for improvement. Um, and then I think my biggest disappointment is Washington and their inability to stay healthy. Uh, I think that their their team is always has like they're good on paper, but yet when you put them on the field, it, it, it doesn't always translate, and it hurts to watch sometimes. So you have this high hope for a team. You have, AP, you have AP there. You got a young quarterback. You have a defense with Norman. You know the whoever everybody remembers the hype with Norman. All of a sudden, your team is getting smacked by Dallas. Grand Dallas is a great team, but yeah, it's one of those things where like, come on, man. 
<laughs> you gotta do better. Uh, I mean, it, the easy two answers are the Dolphins and the Jets as the disappointments, and, and I think that's hitting the low-hanging fruit. My disappointment is the Atlanta Falcons because much like we've talked about earlier with the whole what's your head coach, you always look at what was their specialty before they were a head coach. Falcon defense is bad now. Again, they're injured, but they're, they're healthier than they were this time last year. And they don't look any better. Their offensive line is is banged up. So, again, you put some asterisks there. But I just, even if they're full strength, I don't look at the Atlanta Falcons and even think they could hang with the Saints without without Drew Brees. Like, there's just too much talent on the field that the Falcons just are not having right now. So, they're, they're the biggest disappointment to me because I thought they were going to turn – they would get back to what we were expecting them to be, which was a Super Bowl caliber team, and we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Matt Ryan Dave, should be. Look, wait, go ahead, Brady. Uh, yeah, Matt Ryan should be packing his bags. You know, wherever he is right now, he should be getting ready to be not in Atlanta next season. Wow, I think the time is really oh, the time is up. Correct. Time is up for 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 Matt Ryan. I feel like. Um, Especially if the Falcons don't make the playoffs this season, or if they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, I, I think I think time is up. Time is up for uh, for Matty Ice. As much as a bold statement as that is, he's he's right. I mean, look at look at Matt Ryan's production since Super Bowl. It has been nothing but garbage. You have the best player. You have the best receiver in the league, and we can't even say he's the best player in the league, the best receiver in the league, because you don't feed him. And then on top of that, it's like, bro, like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get how a team can go from a Super Bowl runner-up. And not only that, but you're up on the Patriots by 21 points. Or is it 28? 28 or was it, it was 21. 25 how many it was? 25. So, on top of all that, you were, up, you were up in the Super Bowl by 25. And then all of a sudden, you are a team with a quarterback who was an MVP now sitting here struggling. I I'm not saying struggling. I mean that throughout the whole season, not just not just in certain sports where they get on a win streak and then we're like, oh, well, are they changed? They're one of the teams where it's like I don't I I want to root for them. I want to say that they're going to be you know a top team, but they just don't ever. I expect them to let me down, and they do. All right. So do we want to go positive again here next go around, or do we want to go negative this time? I mean, I already said my two negative. I already said my two ne- my two positives. So, well, I'll go. The next disappointment to me is the Denver Broncos because they could be three and up. Like they've been in every game. Last week against the Bears, that was that was some erroneous officiating there at the end of the game. But they're a team that you look at and it's like they're they're one of the better zero and three teams in football. But my goodness, they just—they have found ways to lose games. That it's impressive how they've lost them. Yeah. So they're the next disappointment because only because you look at the record and you look at the games and you go, they could be three and up. They could be better than what we've seen from the Denver Broncos. What's your negative, Brandon? Uh, my next negative. You know, as much as people might overlook this, uh, Tennessee's defense is my next negative. For me. I'm just kind of big on on the Titans. Um, I I think they get a lot of disrespect. Uh, 
And I, I think their defense is, uh, is one of the better defenses in the league. Um, they have a defensive-minded head coach. You know, he used to play linebackers. So like, you know, clearly. But uh, after watching them play Jacksonville this week, I was like, what, is, like, what the hell is happening? Like, even the entire, like, the entire Titans team fell apart in that game. But, but watching that defense, it, it, it was really hard for me to watch. Uh, Gardner Minshew and, and Leonard Fournette shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't be able to put up 20 points on that defense. But it, it happened. Yeah, Tennessee's going to be one of those teams. I think the bigger question now is, is the clock started on Marcus Mariota? And when do they make the move? Realistically, I I don't know how much longer the Titans are going to put up with that. Now, again, the offensive line is not good. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it may sound like an excuse, and it is, but you get sacked nine times. It tells me you're not getting the time to make the throws. I don't know how you feel, David, but I got to think the clock is ticking now, Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota is suffering from the same thing that Cam Newton is suffering from, like you said, where he isn't healthy because he's always on the run. So I think that I, I would hate for I hate to see him go. I would for them to build around him, but it's only a matter of time before you know you don't produce. So uh, I, I I I get where you're going from, and I kind of do agree. But excuse me, well, it's one of those uh, situations where you just hate to see it. You hate to see it. I look at you. Bring up Cam Newton, and I think the thing with Cam Newton that's always struck me is the. Is he had that shoulder injury and it plagued him for two years? And look, any of us that have been injured, to be honest, it's still it's still actually plaguing him. I watched him at a open practice a couple of times, and it's it, it, you can tell it's still one of a, it's a touchy it's a touchy subject. Well, and here here's my point: you have a guy that has an injury that doesn't come out for it, but what you watch is he's adjusted his throwing mechanics. And whether he's 100% or whether he's not, the adjustment in his throwing mechanics has hindered his game. And, and I contend, if he's fully healthy, it's now he's just done it so many times, he can't get himself out of that that routine of, okay, this is how I've been throwing. I've done it 500,000 so many times. I've thrown so many passes like this. This is the new normal for me. As opposed to, if you go back and watch him early in his career, the mechanics were a little different than what we're seeing right now. It, it, you can see he's compensating for something. And I, I, I kind of think you're watching Cam Newton going, I think he's, he's compensated so long that even if he's 100% now, he's never going to believe he's 100%, and he's going to have the same throwing motion. Yep. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, looking at his uh, his production over the last couple of years, I mean, it's clear that on top of him, you know, not really having in, I'm not gonna say an elite receiver, but a dominant sort, someone to throw to that's not your running back. It does kind of, you know, make you think. Okay, well, if I can't complete a good pass over 15 yards, because I'm so used to dumping it off to my running back at my check down, you know, and I can throw to him perfectly fine, I should be fine. And there should be someone who's saying, like, look, you need to sit out a little bit longer, maybe just an extra week or two, so you can, you know, get the soreness out of your arm and throw. And I, on top of being, on top of um, seeing him in practice, and uh, if you watch the uh, 
Panthers all or nothing from last year. It's kind of the same thing where it's like he, you just continuously watched him get in his own way where he wants to play, but it hurts. And then all of a sudden, we don't know if he's we don't know if he's healthy or not, but yet he said he's healthy. But yet the trainer's kind of like, well, uh, I wouldn't say he's 100%. He goes out and gets hit, gets tackled on the shoulder. Next thing you know, he's out. So I think that it just comes down to someone needs to sit Cam down and say, look, you need to sit. You need to get healthy, and you need it now. And you need to figure out what it, what is going on that is making your production the way it is. Yeah, I agree. I, to give an example, sophomore year of high school, I had one of those severe ankle sprains. And I had, I had to adjust how I was in my stance because it put more pressure on that. And and, and I, I got accustomed to getting in that particular stance, and it was hard to get readjusted. And I kind of think that's where Cam Newton is a little bit in that I've done it this way for so long now, whether I was compensating for a shoulder injury or maybe another part of my body, like the foot. You can adjust your throwing mechanics to take pressure off the foot that's bothering you. Yeah. If it's your front foot, you throw off your back foot more. Because that way the back foot takes all that pressure right. as opposed to stepping on that front foot. And I think that's the foot he hurt. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's the left foot. Which would yes, be, it, was, it was his left foot. Which would be the drive foot. When you mm-hmm. go to throw a pass, it's the foot that you're planning to drive through. You can compensate by throwing off your back foot. But you're going to be more inaccurate. And what have we seen from Cam Newton recently? Very inaccurate. Now, again, hasn't had guys open, but those injuries, you compensate to try to take some of that pain away. You alter things, and then you just it becomes so routine that the next thing you know is like, uh, I'm healthy, but you know what? I like to, I, I'm just so used to this right now. I don't know how to get out of it. And I think that's... I I just think that's where Cam Newton's at. Go ahead, David. Yeah, and I I can attest to that, too. Um, I mean, for those of you who don't remember, uh, back in 2016, when I was on the show very very few times, (laughs) and I would, like, we would talk about how I broke my ankle. Um, I never, like, I kind of did the same thing Cam Newton did, where I kind of rushed back and... I was never fully healed. Now, I, I don't walk into or run the same way I used to. And, I mean, granted, I'm just someone talking about running. If I can't run the same way I used to, imagine him throwing any NFL on the run against, you know, someone like Khalil Mack. I, mean, I, I may be running from someone like, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of all the, was it like, a, like some of our guests on the show, like Kev? But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's one of those things where he's in a league where, if you're not okay, you need to admit that you're not okay. And me, it took me two years to admit that I wasn't okay, and I stopped playing. I'm not saying he has stopped playing, but he has to, you know, slow down, figure out what's wrong, and fix it, and come back. And I guarantee you, as with his drive that he's always had, that team will go somewhere. Because McCafferty is good. That defense can be solid. That offense just thrives on Cam doing good. And him being 100%, and not 90, 85, where that lingering 10% can you know, put them out the rest of the year, will always hold that team back. All right, so Sunday night, Rams-Bears again. By the time this show comes out, everybody will know the result. How big is this game for the Browns, David? Wait, you said 
my bad. Your, your phone broke up. Um, can you read the question again? How big is this game for the Browns? I, I, to the Rams, I don't think this game is near as important as it is for the Browns. Because I think the Browns need the validation. They need to beat a good team. They didn't look yeah, great. I, they didn't look great in week one. They kind of laid a goose egg against the Titans. They beat up on on the Jets. Boy, if they go one and two, I think there are going to be some big-time issues starting to bubble over in Cleveland. What are your thoughts? I think if they win this game, it's going to be a confidence boost. But I think that this game was in Los Angeles in the uh, in the um, in uh, in the Coliseum. That would have been an even bigger confidence boost. Um, I mean, looking at the Rams, though, that's one of the better teams in the league. And this team, this Browns team, is going to come up. Granted, they played an abysmal game last week. It's one of those things where it's like, look, we can do this. We have the talent in here. And if you play, if you beat a team like the Rams, that will do nothing but assure everybody. It better do nothing but assure everybody in there that look, we can go toe to toe. We're not the we're not the Browns of the last what five, six, seven, eight, nine, twenty years. We are the we, we are a new age Browns, and we're here to we're here to stay. Brandon, your thoughts? Uh, you know. We're still talking about Kansas. No, we're talking about the Browns. Way to be on the ball. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. Long Sunday, people. Long Sunday. People, people yeah, understand. Yeah, I, I get that. People understand. Like, college Sundays are the worst. Like, you wake up with, like, all these plans. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to do this homework. Like, it's noon. Like, I'm going to just get out of the way so I don't have to do it later. Then it's, like, 5 o'clock, and you're like, ah, okay, I'll do it later. Then it's 8, and you're like, ah, okay, I got until midnight. And then midnight is slowly approaching. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just out right now. But, uh, yeah, the Browns, um, <laughs> they're another team that is very confusing for me. Because, again, I can't put as much blame on them as I want to because we, the fans of football, made it sound like they were, like, the new all-star team now, like, once they got Odell. So, that's the fans' fault. We can only blame, <laughs> blame ourselves. Nobody on the Browns said that they were going to win a Super Bowl, so I can't be mad at them. But, um, yeah, their schedule is a little weird this year. I I don't think it's an easy schedule for them um, at all, especially being, uh, you know, a first-year team trying to get this chemistry together. And, uh, you know, you got a new star receiver, so you got to customize your game plan and stuff uh, to them. Uh, So it's one of those things where I'm looking at this Brown season as a throwaway for them, really, Um, even if it's good. Even if it's good, I'm looking at it as a throwaway, only because we have to give them time to adjust to each other. Um, True. That's very valid. I think that's a lot of things that people. We live in this era now where, like, we want everything so fast. Like, everything either has to be, you know, ready now or ready, like, really, really, really soon. But these these guys need time. Like, you know, you only had you know, uh, training camp in preseason. So it's not like you've been playing together for you know, four years. So I feel like uh, no matter how the season goes, it's throw away for the Browns, and I, I feel like they'll be better next year. I think the expectations, a lot like you said, were fan-driven, but that's going to be the downfall of this team. If they don't meet those expectations, the Wolves are going to start oh, absolutely. at the door. In fact, I think they're already there. Absolutely. Because, yeah, they beat the Jets. They didn't look great beating the Jets. No. And the Jets were not a good team. The Jets suck. By the way, I think Adam Gase is one and done. 
Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Wait, can you repeat that? You were breaking up. I think Adam Gase is one and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's, I'm sure, contacting his agent, too. It's like, yeah, where can we go next? <laughs> where can we go next? Because this is not the move. All right, so, David, we'll get you out of here on this. Monday Night Football Bears at the Redskins. Who do you like? You know, I have to go Bears because, from what I said earlier, that Bears team is a great team. Well, that defense should be a great defense, and I have faith that Mitchell Trubisky can and will dominate a what seems to be horrendous Redskins team. Is it weird that I'm kind of leaning Washington right now? Like I'm kind of leaning towards picking the Redskins. I mean, you 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 want to see the you want to see the Redskins win because you know they have a team that should be doing a lot better than they've been doing, but. In all reality, I don't think that they have anything to stop Khalil Mack. I, I think part of it is I don't I don't really trust the Bear offense right now. Me either. Which kind of plays into the it plays to the Redskins. So I'll go out on a limb. I'll take the Redskins. I, I, it's going to be an ugly game. I was going to say I'll take the Redskins if the score is like ten <laughs> seven. But I don't think it's going to be a pretty a pretty game because I, I just. Either Matt Nagy doesn't trust Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky doesn't trust himself, or they're just all out of sorts. But that offense is just something's off. It's not good. They don't have any weapons. They The Bears lack offensive weapons. Um, and I think that's going to be the downfall of Mitch Trubisky's career because it's going to be one of those things where you look at it and you go, you know, the Bears never gave him the proper weapons, or, or at least tried to. Um, you know, they got a mess going on with the running back situation. The wide receivers are all, like, mid-tier guys, low-tier guys. Uh, their tight end uh, is okay. Uh, big loss for Zach Miller. Uh, we snapped his leg, so I actually like him a lot. So, so big loss with him as well. That offensive line is a little shaky. It's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed offensively. Chicago. I think they're getting too wrapped up in how good their defense is. And they're just not paying attention uh, to the offense at all. So I'll take the Redskins. David is taking the Bears. You will take... I'll take the Redskins like 10-7. 10-7. <laughs> <laughs> <10 seconds. laughs> like... uh, before I go, my parting question to you guys. What is your takes on the saga, the ongoing circus that is known as Antonio Brown? You know what? I, I'm not going there anymore. I'm I was tired, say, I don't I'm even tired. want to address I'm tired of talking about the guy. It, it's a shame because he self-destructed himself. Uh, but, I mean, he all of this is self-inflicted. I have no pity for him. It, it, it's tough to watch because you watch the guy single-handedly destroy his own career. So that it's in, tough in a watch. month, like, in, yeah, in a month, in a month, <laughs> you gave him thirty. That was like a challenge. I feel like that was a, somebody emailed him and was like, "Yo, like, bet you can't get yourself fired in thirty days." Like, <laughs> bro, they, he had two chances to get guaranteed money, blew all of them through contract clauses, and then wants to complain about it's crazy how they said I had guaranteed money, but I can't get it. It's like because you dumbass. Blew it up, <laughs> and then in my so this, this, is, this is my last thing I'll say before I'll head out today. 
is it's crazy how people continue to defend the man that literally once he leaves somewhere will blow up any bridge that not even burn he'll blow it up he'll he'll nuke the bridge <laughs> that could be to any other organization and somehow some way still find a way to blame somebody else that is what is called immaturity that is what is called stupidity that is what people in today's age do not understand is a problem i i i to i to the to the to my bone never understand how someone could take the side of someone who blatantly disrespected people who were in charge and his pretty much bosses he disrespected them and said i will do what i want oh well i'll do what i want well you're you can't do anything about it oh you did something about it oh well that's crazy that you did that and then he and then you gonna sit here and you know, shoot strings into a, into a crowd of people just mind their own business like oh well robert kraft got it Oh, oh my! He threw Robert Kraft under the bus. Oh my God! He threw Big Ben under the bus, bro. <laughs> he he threw was Big like, ben, he was Kraft like Big Ben got, <laughs> he was like Big Ben got four <laughs> games. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh wait, and the worst part is it was Shannon Sharp's uh, situation. It was all you do is do a little bit of research, read one news article to realize that he was innocent. It was all part of a woman stalking him. Who got in, who got checked into a psychiatric ward? Other to do, I googled it. It was the first article. But for someone to sit here and say, "Well, Santa Sharple got accused of rape," and you got accused of rape, and he got acquitted, and it's the first article on Google. Yeah. Yo, dude, it's a bad look for you, bro. It's it, it, I, I'm happy that he's no, not playing. I hope he goes to plays in another league somewhere else, not in America. I'm not even sorry I'm saying this because. I went from one the root for this guy to I literally can't bring myself to even be happy for you anymore, dude. I, I uh, like, I'm, I'm done. I, like I don't want to talk about it anymore. He he did his he did his song and dance. It backfired on him. And honestly, I mean, how do you think I feel? I, I've been sitting I've been sitting on this for oh, since he left Oakland. I've not had a chance to call it. Or I've not I've not had the opportunity to call in. And that's not on you guys. It's kind of on me too. But I had an opportunity to call in and voice my opinion. I even said in the group chat, "He's not playing anywhere. He's, it's not going to work in New England." And it didn't. Like, he, like if if he ever gets a job anywhere in the league, I guarantee you, he's going to self-destruct within within a week. Well, I, hate, I look. I hate to say it. I, this is one of those times where it's like I actually believe the charges against him because the evidence is just so incriminating. Bro, no team drops you if you're if you are if you are involved in a rape case or a assault case. If a team drops you, you I don't think you did. I don't, I don't think you did. I don't think you just did it. I think you did more than what was released. And what he did was so abysmal that they that they had no choice but to but to get rid of him because you had to cover your tracks. You're the New England Patriots. That's that, and it's so telling. That's exactly yeah. what I think. I, yeah. I think there's no way around that he, at this point, I think he, the evidence points that he did it. All right, enjoy the Emmys. Try to sneak in some Sunday night football there, David. Uh, yeah, I mean, between the between Big Brother, Wallin' Out, and, uh, and the Emmys, yeah, I, I'll try to get some football. <laughs> yeah, I feel, hey, it could be worse. could be watching Power right now, so. I 
I, I watched it this morning, and I, 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 I need to find. I need to. I need my. I need my favorite with, with Tariq. <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> Haven't seen it yet. Don't spoil it yet. I, I won't spoil it. Just know that Dave, you, this, this going to end. This episode is going to end, and you're going to feel away. I'm going to feel and, some type of way. If you, if you felt the way last week, you're going to feel another way this week. And neither one of them are good. <laughs> All right. So, David, we'll have you on again whenever you want. You know you have an open invite. I was going to say, you are always welcome here. You know, you I'm know. not going to lie. I was sitting, I would have called in earlier, but I thought that y'all were going to hit the group chat. You know, everybody's group chat and be like, hey, I'm heading down to Stevenson now. I was waiting for that, but. I never got it, so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess Dave wants to run a later or something. And then I get a text saying, hey, Dave, you can call him whenever you want. I'm like, all right, cool. Call him, you already started. Dave was he was trying to be part of the show. Dave was trying to be part of the show. He was trying to be the second co-host for the day. <laughs> yeah, man. It happens sometimes, but thank you for having me on. I will, I will always find a way to be back on. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I can't wait for basketball season. I hope you know that. I can't. Oh, wait. wait, don't don't think I ain't ready to talk shit. I'm so ready. You in Boston? Y'all in Boston there for a long season. I am so ready, Uh, listeners. I hope you're ready too, because this is gonna be great. It's gonna be a good season. My last words here: TTP. Mm. (laughs) David Miles, everybody. Uh, I don't think there's anything more that needs to be said tonight. That guy's great. I love him. He's he's great. Next time he'll actually be in person, I think, will be when we're doing the shows at the Eblock Courage Award. But that's another. That's off in the distance. Uh, for David Miles, for Brandon Stevens. Uh-oh. Danny, show me the war chest. I'm still looking for the war chest. And Bill's 3-0. <laughs> I'm Dave Stonewell. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.